2: because I am a roaring lion, crying out, Righteousness! Welcome, everybody, to the Trust in the Lord Hour. I am trusting in the Lord. What about you? Welcome to the year 2024. going to be a very chaotic year, uh, already is a very chaotic year. We're in the tribulation. Um, one of the things that the world does not want to acknowledge and give respect to is the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that probably every false prophet, every false preacher, every politician, and, and others, every wealthy person, and every person of this world, the last thing, now listen to me, the last thing they want to acknowledge is that we are in the tribulation. You'll remember the Southern Baptists who at least acknowledged the prophecy of the tribulation tried to get out of it by coming up with a theology called pre-tribulation and the rapture, that they would be raptured out of the earth before Jesus dropped the hammer on everybody else. It would be like, like Almighty God would have raptured Noah out of the earth before he started the water to run. There was no need for Noah to build an ark. If you listen to the Southern Baptists, uh, Noah, what God would have done with Noah if you listen to the Southern Baptists, and they're all wrong, by the way, and I don't hate them, but God would have raptured Noah out of the earth, Noah, his three sons, his three daughter-in-laws, and Mrs. Noah before he started the water to run. But no, that ain't how God did it then, and ain't how he gonna do it now or how he's doing it now. But if you listen to the Southern Baptists, who at the very least, you have to give them credit for acknowledging that Jesus gave one of the greatest prophecies of the universe, and that would be the fact that he's going to destroy creation and start all over again with a new heaven and a new earth. It's all right there in your Bible, and everybody knows it. But what the Southern Baptists have done, they're saying, well, God's going to Take us up out of the tribulation. We're not going to go through it. No, Noah went through the rain like everybody else. It was raining on that boat, and the boat got wet. Noah got wet, etc. Noah couldn't go and get any fresh watermelon, any fresh cucumbers, any fresh peaches, or any of that stuff if he didn't load it on the ark. Without a refrigerator, there was no refrigerator on that ark. So Noah, for 40 days or longer than that, because they had to wait for the waters to assuage. The rain stopped for after 40 days, but it took several days for the, ra- for the waters to assuage. And finally, Noah sent one of them doves out. The dove went out, and the dove was able to get a leaf off of one of the trees. And Noah realized that the water was assuaging, and a few days later, he was able to land that ark and get off that boat. He'd probably been on there maybe more than 40 days for sure. Maybe to a couple of hundred days he'd been on that ark. And that's how God is going to send us through the tribulation. Right now, I'm a member of the elect. I'm in, this, I'm in the prophecy of art Law. Now, listen to me very carefully, because right now, this is where you're going to get off the road. You say, oh, Pastor Manny, you're teaching good. But once I say outlaw, all of a sudden here comes that old jealous devil in you. Here comes that old denominational devil. Here he comes. He bump. He jumps right up the moment I say outlaw and that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return. That God has sent me here to prophesy a land so clean you can take off your shoes and walk barefoot. That's when that old jealousy devil. That's when that old denominational devil. That's when that old prosperity devil, that's when that old black devil, that's when that old white devil, that's when that devil jumps up straight up and down. The moment I say outlaw or righteousness, either one will call that devil to go crazy. But no, we're going to go through the tribulation just like Noah went through the flood. Yet Noah went through it and couldn't get any fresh watermelon, any fresh peaches, and all the cattle were dead. Noah went through it, and you're going to go, we're going through it now, but let me get back to the fact that one of the things that you'll notice about the world, and you'll know that they're in the world. The Bible says anyone who denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is an Antichrist, and it doesn't matter. A little child can be an antichrist. They say, "Well, a little Muslim, a Muslim boy twelve years old say, "Well, no that Jesus wasn't God, he didn't come in the flesh. well, he's an antichrist." A lot of people try to find people with horns to make them the Antichrist. But no, listen, the one thing that the world will not, you will not hear the world say is that we're in the tribulation. The greatest prophecy that was ever given uh, is the greatest, if you will, denial ever given, the greatest prophecy. And the, the world denies that we're in the tribulation. The world denies it up and down Main Street. The world denies every politician, every false prophet and preacher, every false church member, every hypocrite, every liar, and every deceiver that sit in a pew or work behind a desk are denying that we are in the tribulation, but we're in it. No, we're in it. There ain't no doubt about it. We are in it. And so I'm here to state. But again, uh, one more time, and I don't hate the Southern Baptist, but they tried to get out of it. If you let the Southern Baptist theology run, they would have taken Noah out of the earth before the tribulation happened, before the rain began to fall. If you let the Southern Baptists, and they're all wrong, there are millions of them as wrong as two left shoes, the Southern Baptists. If they ain't careful, they're going to all go to hell too. Southern Baptists talking about pre-tribulation left behind, one of the biggest lies that have ever been told on the greatest prophecy that have been told, pre-tribulation rapture. It's a lie. Not only that, but if you let the Southern Baptists have their way, let their theology run, they would have taken Elijah. When Elijah prophesied there wouldn't be rain in Samaria or in Israel for three years, God would have taken Elijah up to heaven and let him sit on a, a throne in heaven and eat lamb and drink wine or whatever it is, or water. And then once the drought was over, it was sent Elijah back to uh, Samaria. But that ain't what happened, and you know it ain't what that happened. God let Elijah go through the drought just like everybody else. Finally Elijah he was down at the brook Cherith that dried up the raven stopped bringing him meat. God sent him to a widow at Zarephath's house and told the widow at Zarephath, Zarephath that she would if she would feed him first God would provide. By the way, we're now in the season of the first fruit offering. Now, I want to talk to you about that. You need to be able to get yourself together, your first fruit offering. It is your first full one-week paycheck. Not If you get paid on a monthly basis, it's not the monthly paycheck. It's the first full-week paycheck. If you get paid $1,500 a week or $700 a week, um, that includes your gross, not your net. You give that $700 gross to the... Um, To the Lord for the first fruit offering. Or if it's $1,500 a week, which is your gross, you give that to the Lord. It's called the first fruit offering. Now, Elijah told the woman, the widow at Zarephath, Feed me first. And because she only had a little meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise, and she was getting ready to eat it, she and her son, and die. But the prophet told her to feed me first, the first fruit, if you will. Now, so what we need to be mindful of here is that, if you let the Southern Baptists, now two people I want to address here, one of the Southern Baptists, they would have said, no, God's going to stop the rain from falling. There won't be dew nor rain in Samaria for three years, but God's going to take Elijah. God's going to rapture Elijah out of the earth so he don't have to go through it, so he don't have to suffer through. He don't have to sit at the brook in that cave day in and day out at that cave and drinking a little water from the, cherub, from the brook Cherith and the ravens bringing him meat by day. No, God ain't going to let the Southern Baptists teach this. God ain't going to let us go through that. God ain't going to let us go through the drought. God ain't going to let us go through the tribulation. God ain't going to let us go through that tough time. God going to take us out before he drops the hammer. It is one of the biggest ill gotten theological conclusions out of the pit of hell really that I've ever heard. And what makes it so so ill gotten is, and so wicked is that it is a the, the rapture tribulation and the pre-tribulation rapture theology is against the greatest prophecy ever told in the universe and that's the prophecy of the tribulation. And so the southern baptists you don't care, the hell is going to be hell is going to have more southern baptists than are going to have Muslims. I'm serious. Hell is going to have more southern baptists more evangelicals uh, then they'll have Muslims in hell because of that one particular theology. Now, there's going to be a lot of other people in there. The apostolics are going to be in there for baptizing in the name of Jesus only and, uh, and and not worshiping on the Sabbath. In fact, you might have more, if you look at this, If you if you're willing to be open-minded, I don't know if you will be, if you're willing to be open-minded, uh, hell may have more so-called Christians than it will Muslims. And let me tell you why. Because at least the Muslims honor the Sabbath day. At least the sons of Ishmael and Hagar, uh, the mistress or the wife of Abraham, honor the Sabbath day. You can't get these Christians. You try to, try to talk to these Christians about worshiping the Sabbath day and getting out that Sunday hell hole, they will slit your throat. They, I mean, you talk, you talking about getting, I mean, you talking about some people hook, line, and sinker on absolute blasphemy against the Sabbath day. You can't get these Christians. You better not talk to these Christians about, uh, about the Sabbath day. So you may have more people in hell that are Christians than you will Muslims. Now chew on that for, for a moment. And you have the other thing about Christians, they like to eat them pork chops. (laughs) But here, here's the thing that the one thing, if you look around your world today, the one thing that you will discover is that nobody is talking about the tribulation and everybody's talking about how wonderful everything is going to be, how we're going to save the planet from global warming, and how AI is going to be able to heal heart attacks and dementia and all that they're talking about. It. Nobody's talking about it. nobody's talking about the tribulation. Nobody talking about it, and it is the greatest prophecy that ever was. But ain't no preachers preaching about it because they don't. God has not given them the eyes. It's the same as when Noah preached about the flood coming. So it's extremely important. It's, it's extremely critical, my friend, that you recognize where we are at this present time. So the Lord has sent me. We are in the tribulation. I'm a member of the elect. I'm a member of Atla. I, I believe this is the place where Jesus will return when he comes back. He's not coming back to Gaza. He's not coming back to the West Bank. He's not coming back to East Jerusalem. He said in Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, verse 16, during the tribulation, he said, if you're in Judea, get out of there. He said, flee Judea, flee to the mountains, but get out of Judea, he said, during the time of the tribulation. So I wanted to be able to express that to you. And I want to make it also absolutely unequivocally clear, my friend, I want to make it clear to you that he's not coming back to Jerusalem. He's coming back to Atla. He said to flee Judea, flee to the mountains, get out of Judea, get out of Israel and get out of town now, he said. Hello, it is
0: Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why.
2: chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Flee. He didn't say walk. He didn't say, you know, hop along. He didn't. He said flee. That means run for your life. Get out of Israel. Because he's not coming. He's coming back and God has sent me. He's coming back to Atla. God has sent me. Now that old devil jumps up in you. There you go. That old devil jumps up in you. But I can tell you this. Uh. You're probably going to have more Christians in hell and have more Christians suffering during the time of the tribulation than you'll have Muslims. At least Muslims got at least, as I said before, they honor the Sabbath day. And I can tell you this, the Lord God Almighty respects that greater than he does. So somebody who willfully, somebody may say, well, Jesus didn't come in the flesh. A Muslim may say that, that he is a good prophet. That puts a Muslim, now you listen to me very carefully, Mr. Christian, Mrs. Christian, you listen to me very carefully, listen to me very carefully. The fact that the Muslim will worship on the Sabbath, that they will keep the Sabbath, they will start on Friday evening just before sundown, and they will keep the Sabbath to Saturday evening on sundown. The Lord loves that. God loves that. God, God does not turn away anybody who comes to him and said, let God rest on the Sabbath day. God loves that, that the Muslims do it. God loves it. Now, the Muslims got it all wrong. There ain't no Allah, I can tell you that right now, that, that don't exist. And the Muslims didn't get the Sabbath day worship from Allah. They ain't where they got it from. The Muslim got the Sabbath day worship from Abraham and from Jacob and from Israel. That's where they got that. They got that from the laws of Moses. They didn't get that from Allah, who was non-existent. There ain't no Allah. There, the so-called Muslim deity of God is non-existent. But they got the Sabbath from the laws of Moses. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you, that there'll be more Muslims in heaven and more Christians in hell because at the very least, The Muslims say, well, we're going to honor God on the Sabbath day, and uh, Jesus, we think he was a holy prophet, and uh, they'll give him that much. Well, that's more than what Christians do. I'm going to tell you something. You can't talk to these Christians about the Sabbath day. You want to see some people go stark, raving, crazy. Talk to them about the Sabbath day. Talk to them about giving up that Sunday, and you're going to see somebody who's ready to call on the devil himself to get you out their house when you tell them that they're going in that Sunday church don't mean a thing. In fact, it is abstract evil going in that church on Sunday. So the one thing that, that is least being talked about right now is the, the, the tribulation and preparing a place for the Lord Jesus Christ to return to. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a bit of a break and uh, let you witness our breakfast program, and I may even have Honor sing for us for just a moment. I got to have his videographer uh, that did Honor's Little David song. I think I'm going to need some photos of Honor in that Little David uh, videography, so we may have to redo the videography, and Sister Psalms, if you're listening Uh, We're going to honor did finally put it together, little David, but we're going to I think we need to put some videography, some photos of honor himself as little David uh, in the song little David. But I'm going to take a break. Now, hold on. One thing here's that remember this, that that Noah went through the flood. God didn't take him up to heaven until all the waters assuaged. Noah went through the flood He couldn't pick no fruit. He couldn't get no fresh corn. He couldn't get no fresh lambs or sucklings. He couldn't get any of that. Noah had to go through a very restricted diet, a tight time on that boat while that uh, flood waters ran and rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And then it may have taken another 120 days before the waters assuaged and Noah could get off that boat and give up his sea legs. God didn't take him out. So these Southern Baptists running around here. First of all, they all they got this this Sunday Devil. I mean, they they're worse than a crackhead on that Sunday Devil. Wees and and the Evangelicals as well. So first got that Sunday Devil, and then the other thing is they got this pre-tribulation uh, lie that uh, God's going to take God's going to take them out. He didn't take Noah out, but he's going to take them out. And then then there's Elijah. With the no, no dew nor rain in Samaria for three years. God didn't take Elijah out. Elijah had to go hide in a cave for, for years and drank water from the brook Cherith. God didn't take him out. And let me tell you this, God ain't taking one of them Southern Baptists. God, I don't think God would allow a Southern Baptist with them Sunday worship. I don't think God would allow any Sunday. Now, this is from my heart, my brother and my sister. I don't think God would allow any Sunday worship in the heaven. I don't think so. Now, listen, you need to understand there's going to be a new heaven, there's going to be a new earth, and there's going to be a resurrection, a first and a second resurrection. But I don't think the Lord would allow any Sunday worshiper in heaven. I I I mean, I just don't think that he would. You can maybe find some theology to say that he does, but I don't think that he would. But I will be right back. I'm I'm, going to take this break, and I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hold tight.
3: Peace be unto you and your family. Welcome to the Atla Children's Breakfast Program. We welcome parents and their children to partake in our breakfast program from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., Monday through Friday, downstairs in our fellowship hall. At 8.30, we end our breakfast program to run our elementary, middle, and high school. If you wish to inquire about our school, please speak to one of our staff. Have a blessed day, and thank you.
4: Hola, mi nombre es José Luis Matos. Soy uno de los asistentes ministros de la Iglesia Allahu Missionary Church. Mi pastor James David Manning me ha pedido que le diera oficialmente la bienvenida a nuestro ministerio. Bienvenidos a ustedes y a toda su familia a disfrutar de nuestra comida y hospitality. También queremos invitarlos a nuestro servicio que se da todos los sábados a las 10 de la mañana. Si hay algo que podemos ayudarle, por favor, déjenos saber. También tenemos una escuela desde el kindergarten hasta el 12 grado. Si desea inscribir a sus hijos, por favor, contacte a la madre Elizabeth Saramani al teléfono 877-777-0734. El teléfono is 877-777-0734. Gracias. Peace. I'm here because
2: I am a roaring lion crying out Righteousness. Now listen, I, I want to say this is that we have discovered and I have been teaching that you need to say thank you. And to when people do something for you. And even if they've done it five years ago and you thank them five years ago, if you see them today, say thank you for what you did for me five years ago. Now you don't want to be terribly redundant and driving people crazy, but I think that even in your heart, even if you say, well, Pastor Manning, if everybody started coming up and you said thank you, you wouldn't have time to do anything else. You're absolutely right. But you can do it individually in your heart. Thank you, Pastor Manning. And by the way, this is not something that's self-serving for me. Here's what I want to say to you. Here's what the Lord told me to tell you. The Lord told me to tell you that, well, first of all, as I just prayed by way of the Holy Ghost, that if you got any ill-gottenness in your heart or in your spirit, that stymies the glory of God. You see what I'm saying? If there's a spirit of unforgiveness, if there's a spirit of disobedience, if there's a spirit of sin or lying or cheating in your spirit, then you can't give God the glory. You can't thank him for this victory we just had today. You can't do it because you got the wrong spirit. You got to get rid of that spirit. And sometimes you have to get rid of people who bring that spirit to you. No, you do. And so the Lord said, that if people don't thank other people that, that do things for them, that they don't thank him either. And because we're creatures of habit, we may once or twice say thank you, Lord, but for the most part what the Holy Ghost said to me was that we do a whole lot of asking the Lord for stuff, but seldom do we turn around and thank him and, 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 and thank him just for the very fact of our existence. And we think that when we're asking that we're praying that somehow or another that's thanksgiving. No, it isn't. Those are two different things. But the Lord said, You watch the people who don't give thanks to you talking to me, the Lord said. He said, They don't give thanks to me either. For inasmuch as they don't inasmuch as they don't thank you, he was talking the Lord was talking to me. He says, Inasmuch as they don't thank you, they don't thank him. And so you need to really take a close look at that in prayer. Sit down. Even though you may be fasting and praying, that still ain't thanking the Lord. That's not giving God the glory. That's not thanking him. So look at that as a way to climb out of a hole of of darkness and to be able to give God the glory that he is so much deserved. (music) So the greatest prophecy in the history of the universe uh, is being observed as the greatest denial uh, in the history of the universe. In fact, people are not talking about the fact we're in the tribulation. They're not doing it. Uh, It is the greatest prophecy given by the greatest prophet. Well, Jesus was more than a prophet. He was the son of God, obviously, but the, that great prophecy is being denied by theologians, by philosophers, by business people, by politicians, by kings, by potentates, and by church goers and uh, pew warmers everywhere you look. Nobody's talking about the tribulation. Everybody's talking about Joel Osteen, who's got a, probably a better following of people. On Tomorrow's going to be your best day. You're going to have your best day, your best year. Rather than what Jesus said, you're going to go through hell. Jesus said the wars and rumors of war and all hell is going to break loose with famines and earthquakes. But Joel Osteen says you're going to have your best day. So you can see the contrast. The other thing is, is that uh, I'm stating and I truly do believe that you're going to see uh, more uh, Christians in hell than you will see Muslims. Now, Allah is not God. That's, he isn't, he, that is a fictitious, if you will. But the, the Muslims at least uh, get their training, their Sabbath day training, uh, and other training about worship of God from the laws of Moses, and they keep the Sabbath. Let me say this to you. How many, how many Muslims do you know that are hustlers, that are false prophets, that are imams, I should say, let me put it to you. now listen to me very carefully, because I know how that devil is. I know how that Sunday devil is in y'all. I mean, that Sunday devil got you' worse than a crackhead, you're worse than a heroin addict. Uh, but let me say this to you: How many of you uh, how many of you um, know that the uh, know of a, a Muslim who is an imam that leads a local mosque? Uh, that flies a private jet that rides around in a Rolls Royce.
5: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
6: VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Um,
2: Whether it be in Yemen or whether it be in Syria or Iran or whether it be in Algiers or Morocco, how many of you know of a Muslim imam that's a preacher, the leader of the mosque that lives in a $10 million house like T.D. Jakes does? How many of you know of a Muslim or Iman that flies around in a private jet and to hold worship services, he charges the people who want him to come and hold a worship service $50,000 up front? You got to give him $50,000 before he gets up out of his chair. Then you got to buy the fuel for his, air, his airplane and you got to pay the landing fees. That's what you got to pay, T.D. Jakes. If you want T.D. Jakes to come to your church or come to your area, that's what you got to pay him. How many Muslims do you know? How many Muslims do you know with the kind of public scandals that these preachers have? How many Muslims do you know that are leaders like Joyce Meyer got all these castles and houses that she She buys one castle and then she buys another castle and just buys castle after castle after castle? How many Muslims? Can you name me one Muslim? Can you name me one imam? Can you name me one hustler like the preachers of Christendom. Uh, but you can name Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes. I mean, you can know a whole slew of them that are living lavishly, living like world-class pimps, but you don't know any Muslims. So I say to you again, Mr. Sunday worshiper, uh, Mr. Refuser to Hear the Truth, Mr. Devil worshiper of the of Sunday, you know all these people who rip off Christianity but you don't know of any Muslims that rip off, rip off Islam. So I say to you that, the fact that you don't know Muslims that rip off the, the Islamic religion, you don't know any Muslim. Now Allah is not God. Let's be clear about that. There ain't no, there ain't no Allah. The, what they follow, what Muslims follow are the teachings of Moses. That's what they follow. Now, but how many, the fact that they don't, you don't know any Muslim of all the people in all the religions you know, you don't know one Muslim that lives like T.D. Jakes or like Joyce Meyer or like Paula White or like Kenneth Co. You don't know any Muslim that lives like that. False prophets, liars. You don't know any, men, any Muslims. Not one. You can't even name just one. No, you can't. You don't know anybody like Eddie Long and, uh, who's dead now. And in hell, but but so you, so Muslims have in terms of character, Muslims have in terms of integrity, though they got the Allah business wrong. Uh, they But in, in terms of integrity and honor and keeping of God's word, Muslims do a better job hands down than Christians. Muslims do a better job hands down than Southern Baptists. Muslims do a better job hands down than the Apostolic. Uh, Muslims do a better job hands down than the Catholics. They do a better job. They do a better job. And not just that, that you don't find them scandalizing the religion that they belong to, the way you have these Thieves, these liars, these snakes like Jake. You don't have them scandalizing the religion the way Christians do, or Billy Graham, for that matter. And the other thing is, they keep the Sabbath. So I'm saying to you, and you listen to me very carefully, and I want to rebuke that devil in you. I rebuke that Sunday devil in you. I am re, rebuking him that uh, the, you'll find more. Christians in hell and in the lake of fire, ultimately, than you will Muslim. Muslims got a better shot at, 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 at worshiping Jesus. They got a, they, The very fact that they keep the Sabbath makes them closer to God than you Southern Baptists, than you folk running around in Robert Jeffers' church, and, and you David Jeremiah, and all the rest of you. The Muslims have a closer to God. Now, they need more work. And I'm going to work on them. That's why God gave me the name Allah and not Allah. Allah, that not Allah. Allah and not Allah. And God gave me righteousness. That's what you hear right Muslims preach. So when you look at it, pull the veil back and look at it, Christians are so, so Southern Baptist, Apostolic Pentecostal Church of God in Christ, Methodist, Presbyterian Church of England, Catholic, really are a misguided, if you will, demon, devil-possessed, hell-bent, hell-bound group. And you can't talk to them. You can't. You better not try to tell these Christians about the Sabbath day. You can't talk to them. You can't talk to them. No, you can't. But you'll probably find, and not probably, you'll find more Christians in hell and ultimately going to the lake of fire when all is said and done and Muslims in heaven because they're closer. Think of all the scandals that are in this Christian church and you've not heard of one scandal about the Muslim. You not heard, we ain't, ain't had no scandals. You haven't seen these Muslim imams that lead the mosque riding around in Rolls Royce and flying around in a private jet and living in a $10 million house like T.D. Jakes and riding around in a $100 million jet like T.D. Jakes. You don't know one Muslim that does that. You don't know one. But I'll tell you this, Benny Hinn and T.D. Jakes and George Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, all these are are devils right out of the pot of hell, all of them. And they're scandalizing Christianity. And let me tell you why these devils like Dollar and Osteen are able to get away with it. Because the so-called Christian is greedy for filthy lucre. These people... Only, the only people that will listen to these people or worship or allow these people to be influenced in their life is they're looking to get something from nothing, for, 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 for nothing. They're looking to get rich without righteousness. They're looking to get big homes without a, without a heart for Almighty God. These men and women peddle a great life without righteousness. That's what they do. They peddle, you can have a great life without righteousness. All you got to do. I saw that boy Greg Laurie the other day talking about all you got to do. Is just ask Jesus to forgive. They're all hustlers, but they couldn't survive. They couldn't survive. Listen, a prostitute couldn't make any money out there. You can say what you want to say about her. The prostitute, the street walker, the flatbacker. You can say anything you want to say about a prostitute. But let me tell you something. She wouldn't be out there if there wasn't somebody looking for what she got. <laughs> I tell you that right now. That's up. And these thieves, these, if you will, these shysters, these this this group and their compadres wouldn't be as as wealthy if it wouldn't be for a bunch of poor people who want to have wealth without righteousness, want to be blessed without sacrifice, want to, want to get in, into the glory of the good life without having righteousness as their scepter. And that's why these thieves, these whoremongers, these sex freaks, these if you, they prosper because you are out there looking for something. That's not, If you stop looking, they'll dry up. But thank you, Mr. Engineer. But here's what I want to say to you. I want to say to you that there'll be more Christians in the lake of fire than there will be Muslims. And you find me one Muslim that is scandalized like Eddie Long or like T.D. Jakes or... Oh I can't them. then you got all these politicians out here uh the um uh talking about they're gonna make the world better the, uh, global warming and and how they're gonna make and you got more homeless people more sick people than you can shake a stick at. Them. so Again, let me just one more time on the Southern Baptists because they're a hard headed group. That's a hard headed denny's eating golden corral group that you ever seen. This, this, and 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 if you will, the cracker barrel eaters, uh, the Southern Baptists. They are hard headed. They hard headed is all I do. They ain't gonna give up their Sunday. I can tell you that right now. If you ask the Southern Baptists. If if you just give up Sunday, you'll get an express ticket to hell. So, heaven, rather, spark me. If you give up, if you give up Sunday worship and, and go to Sabbath, you'll get an express ticket to heaven. They ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I'll wait on the local. <laughs> I'll catch the red eye. I'll catch the midnight special. I ain't giving up my Sunday worship. No sup. Mm-mm. No, they won't give up that Sunday worship. And so, but here, here, let me say this to you. That, on the rapture, and I'm going to let y'all go, figure y'all got something else to do. Uh, but on the rapture, uh, that God's going to take the Southern Baptist Evangelicals out and leave everybody else here to suffer. He didn't do it with Noah. Now listen to me very carefully, uh, Mr. Sunday Demon and Devil. Uh, he didn't do it with Noah. He didn't take Noah out, he, though he gave Noah a boat, the same way he's giving me a boat, but he, Noah had to go through Noah had to go through 40 days of raining, dark, and, and waters breaking up underneath the earth. Noah had to go through it, not being able to pick it in fresh watermelon, fresh fruit. Noah had to go through probably six or seven months of that, if not more. Noah had to go through. And if God, if you know the word of God, you're going to go through the tribulation. Now, you can let people tell you that God going to take you out. He didn't take Noah out. And you sure enough ain't nowhere near the righteousness of Noah. And he didn't take Elijah. Now, listen to me, Mr. Sunday worshiper. Mr. Shonoff, the Lord, don't don't let nobody judge me on whatever day I worship. The Lord knows my heart. Okay, he knows your heart is hard as a rock. He knows you're full of the devil. That's what he knows about you. And so here, so he didn't take Elijah. And he told Elijah to prophesy that there's going to be no dew nor rain these three years, except by my word. But he didn't take Noah, he didn't take Elijah out. He didn't take Elijah out of the earth. He let Elijah go through just like we're going to have to go through the tribulation. And that's just all there is to it. There isn't anything more to be added to it. Elijah had to go through the tribulation, I mean, through the drought for three years. Noah only had to go maybe six or seven months, maybe nine months total with Noah. But uh, Elijah had to go three years, and finally Elijah, um, going through that period of time, Elijah uh, the brook dries up, the the the, the, the birds stop ravens stop bringing him his meat in the daytime, and he finally God sends him to the house of a woman in Zarephath who's got a little oil and a cruise and a little meal and a barrel, and the Lord says to Uh, Elijah, tell the woman to feed me first, and uh, you feed me first, and you and your son will be able to eat forever. And by the way, I want to tell you that we're in the season of the first fruit now. Now, the first fruit is your first week's paycheck. If you get paid biweekly, only half of that uh, amount is due. If you get paid monthly, only one-fourth of it is due. The whole month is not due. Two weeks is not due. It's just the first week of your paycheck. Now, how do you give it? Well, let's say you earn $1,500 a week gross. Your net may be $1,100. Uh, you are to give $1,500 to the Lord because what you give to the government in taxes, that's between you and the government. Your paycheck is $1,500, not $1,100. You give three or $400 to the government. Well, that's you and the government's business. But in terms of what your full paycheck is, your paycheck is 1500 That's what you give, and it's due right now. Uh, the first of the year, the first of the month, the first paycheck is the first fruit. Now, you have to understand how critical and important the first fruit is. Uh, the Bible says the widow of Zarephath uh, fed Elijah first, and uh, once she fed Elijah, her meal and her barrel never ran out, and the crews and her oil never dried up, and she and her son were able to eat, live and eat uh, for years off of just giving to the prophet of God, Elijah, the first fruit. The first fruit, the first trees on planet Earth fell, the first fruit fell to the ground. It belonged to the Lord. The first fruit belongs to the Lord. The first trees, the first pear tree on planet Earth, The first apple tree, that first fruit belongs to the Lord. The firstborn that opens a woman's womb belongs to the Lord. The firstborn that opens a cattle's womb belongs to the Lord. The first fruit, it is a creation principle built in that principle is the same power that sustains the sun to give light. Built in that first fruit principle is the power to sustain forever. You give the first fruit God will bless you from that point forward. It's his word. It is not a promise. It is not a hocus pocus. It's just God's word. So now, so the first fruit is due. If you've never done it, join the first fruit group of giving the first to the Lord, and then you can sit down and enjoy the rest of your life. Always keep the first fruit. And then after that, you'll give the Lord the tithe. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verse eight and nine, The first fruit belongs to the Lord. And if you bring that first fruit, the Lord, uh, you shall be blessed. Your house shall be blessed. Um, The work of your hands shall be blessed. Mr. Engineer, bring up that Proverbs verse so everyone can see it regarding uh, the first. Lucky Land Casino,
0: asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: First fruit and the first offering, it belongs to Almighty God. It's not yours. It isn't yours. It belongs to God. why, Why did the Lord say that the first apple that was in the earth, when God created the apple tree, there were no apple trees prior to that, but then God created the apple tree? And after that, every, the first fruit of that apple tree belongs to the Lord. Now, you're on the honor system. You are on the honor system. You're on the honor system. Whatever your paycheck is, you know what it is, and you will honor and respond to Almighty God the first week, not the first four month, not the first two weeks, but the first week. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, and so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presence shall burst out with new wine. All right, my friends, it's time for you to honor the Lord. You're on the honor system. Nobody's going to check on you. God's going to depend on you to be honest, to tell the truth about what you earn and what you get, and to give to him the first fruit to start this bland, blessed and brand new year. All right, so I give God Almighty, his name is Jesus, the praise. Give him the praise that we're able to now see the greatest prophecy the greatest prophecy ever given is now met with the greatest denial. Look around your churches. Look around and see. They're not talking about we're in the tribulation, but we are. They're not telling you that. Joel Osteen, one of the biggest slicksters that the world has ever seen. In fact, he looks like the devil himself. Don't put no horns on him. He looks like the devil himself. You say, well, Pastor man, you're talking about the man's looks. Yeah, I am. No, I am. And uh, telling you you're going to have your greatest day. Then you got the politicians out there. They're not talking about the tribulation. They're not talking about that. And then you got that war over there in Gaza between Hamas and Israel, now in the West Bank and in Lebanon with Hezbollah, and also now in Iran with America and the Hormuz Strait, the Red Sea, the Suez Canal. It's getting really ugly over there. Um uh, You got all that going on, and nobody over there is talking about the tribulation. They're all just talking about, you know, wars of the past, the 1973 war, the Yom Kippur War, but nobody's saying we're in the tribulation. That's why this war is being fought. Nobody is saying it. But this much I want to say to you, that when the Lord Jesus comes, returns, he's coming back to Atla, and that's my job. That's my assignment. If you despise me for what I, you despise me for doing the work of the Lord. And by the way, thank all of y'all for who love me uh, for doing this work. Thank all of y'all. Thank also for your giving. Uh, Goldfinger, thank you very much for for your giving. Uh, Thank all of y'all for what you do. Uh, Thank you, Brother Eric Miller. I thought maybe you were Eric Adams. You know, Eric Adams got your first name. I may have to change your name, Eric uh, Miller, Deacon Miller. I'm going to give you a new name because you, I, I get you mixed up with that boy Eric Adams. I don't want to do that, Eric Deacon Miller. But thank all of y'all for your prayers. Thank all of you for your, your love and your support. Uh, thank you so very very much for all that you do and uh, helping us to. Uh, to send this ministry forward, we give God the praise, give Him the glory, and give Him the honor. Uh, but there are many people out there that are despisers. They're uh, they're like crackheads. They're like their own on fentanyl. They're they're drug addicts to that to the devil's soup, to the devil's lies. They're drug addicts, uh, and they're they're on the they're on the Sunday medication. They're on the. Joel Osteen, you're going to have your best day, medication. The politicians, uh, they're not going to talk about the tribulation. That's not in their style. That's not what they do. The business people, they're going to be trying to make more money, sell more vehicles and whatever it is, sell more computers and iPhones. And they're not going to tell you we're in the tribulation. But I will tell you, and it's the absolute truth, that's why you see what's going on. But let me say this, when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back to Judea. I showed you in the early segment that Jesus said, flee Judea during the tribulation. Get out of there. And I would say, get out of there now, because the bombs are falling, the war drums are being beat, and that land is going to turn into nothing but rivers of blood, of death of both Jews and Muslims. Get out of there. Now, I'm not a Jew hater. I'm a Zionist. I am. But I can tell you this. Jesus said, flee it. Jesus said, "Flee Judea." Well, my friends, I will return uh, uh, to teach more about the greatest prophecy meeting the greatest the greatest prophecy of the universe meeting the greatest denial of the prophecy of the universe. I'm James Everett Manning. Everybody, I'm the Lord's servant. All y'all Christians gonna go gonna make the Muslims look like they're saints compared to the way your Christian preachers. And you Sabbath, you Sunday worshippers, you drug addicts who won't hear the word of God. All right, peace out.
10: The bad is not mine, said David, Lord is I'm in your favor, I'm giving it- so glad you let me see That you're really all that I need For the battle's not mine I give it to you, Lord, time Little David, oh so small Goliath, oh so tall we were just too high for little David. So he shook off all his load. With the power of God he was cool. He set the battles, night. I give it to you, Lord, it's time. I'm afraid before the giant He stood that day It seems to be the end For a mighty giant's assent Just like the light David, oh so small, Goliath, oh so tall, odds were just too high for little David. So he shook off all his load, with the power of God he was called. He said the battle's not mine, he said the battle's not mine, he said the battle's not mine, I give it to you Lord, it's time.
11: i
3: It's the Manning Report with your host, Dr. James David Manning, the news behind the
11: headlines.
2: I'm here because I am a roaring lion crying out, righteousness. I have to tell you, I do like that new intro. That is so classy. The Manning Report with the world spinning all kinds. It looked like Saturn, Uh, the planet Saturn with all...
0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Step into the world of power. Loyalty I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com.
2: Welcome to the family.
6: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: All those rings around it. Just a beautiful job that our media staff has done in terms of giving us a new look for the brand new year. Here, I, I want to, I, I, mainly this segment has been the segment that really had launched the ministry, uh, oh, 15 years ago. The Manning Report giving uh, news reports, especially news behind the headlines and things that others would not want to say. And so we don't necessarily, uh, you know, we have a segment, a separate segment we do for uh, th- those who are believers of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. But what I want to start the broadcast off with today is uh, it's not necessarily religious news, it's about religion and religious people, not necessarily saved or godly people or righteous people, just religious. And there are a couple of things I want to say to pastors who are now looking at what is happening with T.D. Jakes, what happened with Eddie Long. Both Eddie Long, who died 10 years ago, uh, got caught up in a homosexual scheme. I think ultimately died from AIDS, which I thought was a bit rare with all the medication that they have today. But Eddie Long was um, having sex with a lot of the young boys in his church, taking them on private jet flights all the way down to Australia, putting them up in hotels and using the black American Express card. By black, I don't mean racially. I mean with the ultimate American Express card, putting them up in suites up in Dallas and having sex with these young boys. Ultimately, got exposed. Uh, several of them, three of them, band together to sue Eddie Long Uh, for sexual abuse and uh, ultimately he died Uh, he came out and tried to make himself king and said it was all he was going to fight this thing same way and now we got T.D. Jakes uh, also caught up in multiple sex partners with sex workers with male prostitutes having sex with Puff Daddy and probably watching uh, uh, Cassie Ventura having sex with Porn workers, porn stars, and what is known as what they refer to in Puff Daddy's uh, uh, house as the freak room. And now you got, uh, since Cassie Ventura um, lobbed a major sexual abuse and violence suit against Puff Daddy, he has settled it for eight figures. That means more than $10 million. But uh, T.D. Jake's name got caught up in the fouling as being a part of the freak room, going in and having uh, sex with multiple men, multiple women. um, T.D. Jakes, the Bishop of the Potter's House in Dallas. But what I want to do now is a couple of things. One, I want to talk to pastors. Uh, And I want to show you a scheme. and You have to watch out for a scheme that Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry uh, realized that to keep his movie mogul business going. He needed all the eyes on his movies um, as possible. So what he does, he devises a scheme, and he goes to the potter's house, claims to be a friend of T.D. Jakes. He knows a few scriptures because he's been around the church. You know, most most Hamite men have been, boys are raised in the church. And he gives T.D. Jakes a million dollars. Now, you might think that's a generous gift. That's a marketing scheme. Because people all over the world are going to see Tyler Perry give that one million dollars. To get the kind of publicity he's gonna get, because T.D. Jakes is gonna run that on his international ministry for years, he's gonna run it, so he'll get free publicity. If he had to pay TBN or Daystar for a five minute clip, it would cost him 10 times if not 20 times that much. So to give T.D. Jakes uh, a million dollars on the air while the cameras are rolling, And not just that, but then it's going to be blogged everywhere. There's going to be retweeted because people are going to watch Bishop Jakes, are going to retweet it. It was a marketing scheme, and you have to give it to Tyler Perry. Uh, he, He understands marketing down to a T. So this was a stunt. This was not an act of Christianity. This was not an act of giving. This was a stunt that Tyler Perry pulled on T.D. Jakes. I don't even think T.D. Jakes knew it. I think what T.D. Jakes was thinking, I can use Tyler Perry to pull the people that watch Tyler Perry's movies into my ministry. If people say Tyler Perry is giving to me, they might decide to give to me as well. So here are two people, two freaks, mooching off of each other. It's a scheme. It had nothing to do with Jesus. It is an absolute scheme. I'm going to let you watch it. Mr. Engineer, roll that clip.
12: Would, would you come tell what the Lord told you? <laughs> uh, God bless you. It's caught me a little off guard, Bishop. I a, a, a couple of, uh, what was it, three or four days ago? Three or four days ago, I, I called. I was at Manpower. And uh, being blessed. <laughs> wrote my check out. I said, you know, I, I, I didn't have my checkbook when I got to Pastor White's. Uh, when I got to a uh, uh, woman that I lose the night before, and Pastor White said, you know, write a check for $113,000, for those of you who can. Write a, write a check for one hundred thirteen dollars for a, Psalms 113. And I wrote a check for $113,000. And I admit, my intention was to just leave the check and bless God. Because, see, I love to give. I've been a giver all my life. And when people have given to you and sown into you and God has touched them and given given you favor. Because, see, when you have favor with, come on, somebody see they don't understand it where I come from they don't understand it in Hollywood but I'm going to tell you something about the blood of Jesus all of my life you know my mother she didn't have much to give me she didn't have millions of dollars she didn't have some legacy but she had Jesus and she taught me about that God. So I didn't even know that he was, he was trying to build this youth center. I didn't even know it, but I know how important the youth are. So we were sitting in the service, and I leaned up toward him, and I said, I've just been touched to give a million dollars. So as... So when you got up here and you said a million
7: dollars, I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know I heard your voice. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now When you hear the voice of God You move Don't Damn. worry about what nobody says to you <laughs> Don't worry about what it looks it's a like Don't worry about your enemy Don't worry about your hater He will bless you He will lift you He will give you <laughs> Sometimes you spend too much time worried about your haters. You spend too much time worried about people talking about you. But what you need to understand is that the Bible says in order for you to be blessed, your haters have to be present. How do I know that? The book of Psalms says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So in order for me to eat, they have to be present. So God bless you, Bishop. I pray right now that you will continue to do everything you're doing. I pray his anointing will stay upon you. I pray the power of God all over you. I pray his favor. I pray the blood of Jesus will come upon you right now. Keep you in the care. God, I thank you for your blessings.
2: Million dollar shot. <laughs> the million dollar Twitch. <laughs> oh, that's good marketing. That's good business right there. I tell you. Woo, woo. <laughs> that is absolute. Best. On, that's good business. Come some on, place. somebody.
7: Come on, somebody. Come on. pushing that
11: out. <laughs> pushing that baby out. Who's Baby, oh. <laughs>
2: That's a scam, obviously. Let me me rephrase. It's it's a marketing scheme. Tyler Perry is one of the wisest, if you will, movie makers. I mean, uh, in in many ways, uh, in terms of if you want to make it the the uh, African-American thing, in terms of, you know, what's that guy that makes the movie? Spike Lee? Spike Lee does movies. He's in uh, and, and but Tyler Perry is is is, is, is much f- further along in terms of production because Tyler Perry is a great marketing. He has not only movie making skills, uh, if you will, uh, he has marketing skills as as well. So Spike Lee and Tyler Perry, they're too well known. At any rate, this was just a marketing plan um, and using the church uh, to get more members to people to watch his movies and he is going to get, and right now I broadcast it. I don't know how many people are watching now, but that was a brilliant screen by Tyler, a brilliant plan by Tyler Perry because ultimately the video will be seen over and over and over and over and over over again. And Tyler Perry was drawn. If he had to pay for the kind of free publicity you know, that just going to T.D. Jakes' church and having T.D. Jakes run that over, because T.D. Jakes going, look, look how the Lord has blessed me, give me a million dollars. By the way, you know, I was expressing that uh, T.D. Jakes has a, an insatiable appetite for sex. Um, and he, that's why he got hooked up with, with uh, Puff Daddy and, uh, and, and Puff Daddy's freak room. Uh, he has an sensational appetite. I mean, uh, he could—I was watching a, a documentary about Little Richard. Uh, CNN was running uh, some time ago, and Little Richard said— that after the concerts and everybody coming, men and women, everybody having sex with one another, lights out, nobody knows who's having sex. And Little Richard said, listen, I don't care who came, anybody who wanted to have sex with me, man or woman, whatever. i do it. I didn't even ask any question. we just wake up in the, in the morning, 11 o'clock in the day, 12 o'clock in the day, everybody be naked on the floor, in the bed, in the bathroom. When little, That's what Little Richard said. Now, you can find it on a documentary that was done by CNN. Well, Puff Daddy does the same thing. He has these same kind of freak rooms. He has these same kind of free for all sex. Anybody have sex with anybody? And obviously, Puff Daddy and T.D. Jakes were sexual partners. Probably, they may have done it alone, or done it in a group, or whatever may have been the situation. I don't know if T.D. Jakes had sex with Cassidy, a Cassie rather Ventura. But here is what I want to want to say to you: that T.D. Jakes has an enormous, uh, an enormous uh, sexual appetite. And he would interview men, uh, sex workers, porn stars, how long can you go before you release? Because he just wanted to go on and on. And the point here is that he got a million dollars from Tyler Perry, uh, but he has paid as much as $20,000 an hour to have sex with sex workers. It's important that that this information goes out. I do. I blame Tyler Perry for using TD Jakes Potter's house and TD Jakes um, Global, if you will, television ministry, uh, to prop up his business. No, and but TD Jakes got just as much out of it as Tyler Perry did. TD Jakes got you know the favor, if you will, call it favor. Of having a, this this world famous movie star movie maker come to his church and bless him with a million dollars, it's a you know it's a one hand washes the other kind of thing. But it wasn't about Jesus. What I'm trying to say, it wasn't about Jesus. One final thing I'd like to say to you is that, and Minister Holnaker picked up on this as well. I'm glad he did. I was wondering if anybody heard me. Uh, you pastors, you may have small churches, and One of the reasons why people like T.D. Jakes flourish is that too many churches, pastors with small churches, are trying to be like T.D. Jakes, trying to build a mega church. Um, And in many ways, you abuse your members. Now, I stated I knew a pastor. I met him at Oxford and St. Anthony's College in Oxford, England, Oxford University years ago. And he said to me he invited T.D. Jakes to come to his church and preach. He said, but T.D. Jakes wanted $50,000 up front and had to sign a contract. The pastor had to sign a contract to get a man to come preach. You got to sign a contract. You got to give a certified check for $50,000. You got to pay for the fuels for his private jet. Got to pay the landing fees, a total of $75,000 that he had to pay T.D. Jakes before T.D. Jakes would even get up out of his chair in Dallas to come to Los Angeles to preach. And this preacher had a small church, maybe 100 members or so, and he fleeced them and fleeced them and fleeced them for the $75,000. Gave it to T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes came, spent an hour there preaching, got back on his private jet and went home. That's an abuse. Um, And there's too much of that going on. Pastors, be content with the people that God's given to you. Don't try to build. You don't have to have a mega church to be successful. You don't. I'm telling you. Uh, be content with what god and and stay away from these 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 mega church place places it's about i don't know that that anyone who goes to a mega church goes there because of salvation they go there because of the crowd they go there because they can show off their uniforms they go there because they can pick up business deals i don't know anybody that goes there because of salvation And if you come to the outlaw church, you might hear me preach a sermon telling people to leave. Get out of here. (laughs) Now, that ain't funny. Uh, But pastors be content. But I I just want to let you know, this was a great marketing scheme uh, by Tyler Perry and T.D. Jakes. And one hand washed the other on this matter. And even I broadcast it. And some of y'all are going to be dumb enough to think, "Ah, if I can get Tyler Perry to come to my church. The people will think I'm successful. At any rate, everybody, I'm James David Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be back with more of these pastors and their fancy cars.
11: You're listening to the Manning Report with Doctor James David.
3: Be to you and your family. Welcome to the Atla Children's Breakfast Program. We welcome parents and their children to partake in our breakfast program from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., Monday through Friday, downstairs in our fellowship hall. At 8.30, we end our breakfast program to run our elementary, middle, and high school. If you wish to inquire about our school, Please speak to one of our staff. Have a blessed
4: day and thank you. Hola, mi nombre es José Luis Matos. Soy uno de los asistentes ministros de la Iglesia a la World Missionary Church. Mi pastor, James David Manning, me ha pedido que le diera oficialmente la bienvenida a nuestro ministerio. Bienvenidos a ustedes y a toda su familia a disfrutar De nuestra comida y hospitality. También queremos invitarlos a nuestro servicio que se da todos los sábados a las 10 de la mañana. Si hay algo que podemos ayudarle, por favor, déjenoslo saber. También tenemos una escuela desde el kindergarten hasta el 12 grado. Si desea inscribir a sus hijos, por favor, contacte a la madre Elizabeth Saramani al teléfono 877-777-0734 el teléfono es 877-777-0734 gracias peace Message for
8: uh, Dr. James Manning. Um, I wanted to tell you thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you praying over me. Um, that was a miracle to me. Um, I called in and I didn't expect to speak to you, and you prayed over me. And I didn't even have to ask. You're a wonderful man, and all I can say is God bless Atla, and um, I hope I said that correctly. Atla, and. Um, I truly believe you're in the right place at the right time. Um, God chose you to be in the right place at the right time. And um, I'm watching you on YouTube, and you're talking about uh, regulation and tribulation. And I agree with you 100%. Uh, we are in the tribulation. And some of the signs you see, which are a standout, is when you see false preachers you know, calling themselves prophets, and they're not the false prophets. And there's uh, one list that I put together that that, uh, concerns me is, uh, I know how they attack you all the time with signs out there and call your names and pretty much spit on you and your church, and they're trying to take you down. But nobody complains about the churches that are preaching blasphemy against uh, the Father God and the beloved Son of Jesus Christ. And uh, the list is, um, third on my list is Kenneth Copeland. He actually said in one of his sermons that God is the the biggest failure in the Bible, that's blasphemy, and that's a lie. Uh, Sid Roth had a guest on his show. He has multiple guests. And uh, one of them actually talked about how Christ uh, told him that he could worship him in a bathroom stall at the airport. That's a lie, and that's blasphemy. And then you have Joe Osteen's wife, Victor- Victoria Osteen. Actually, in one of her sermons at church, she preached that uh, when you do good, don't do good uh, for God. Do good just for yourself. That's blasphemy. That's a lie. Um we have Pethlo Dollar. Pethlow Dollar says that uh, in his sermon that we are gods, little G's, that we're gods, and he's trying to promote himself and the people to worship him uh on God's level, and I believe that's what Satan did and God uh, had him removed from heaven. Then you have um Jesse Tupontis. Jesse Tupontis actually preached in your sermon that Jesse Duplantis actually said that God has asked him for his opinion. Now God is um, the Alpha and the Omega, the, the wise one. He doesn't need. He does not need Jesse Duplantis. He does not need his opinion. That is a lie and that is blasphemy. So we are in the last days because you're seeing it in the churches. Those are not churches.
2: Those are empty buildings. All right. Thank you so very much, caller, for uh, making that so crystal clear. Uh, Nikki Haley was in New Hampshire where uh, she has gotten the endorsement of the governor, Governor Sunu of New Hampshire. And uh, she's running second to Donald Trump in the state of New Hampshire. And uh, But she was asked a question at a town hall meeting recently about slavery. Um, and I think the question was something on the order, what was the reason for slavery uh, back in the 19th, uh, the Civil War, rather. Uh, she wasn't asked a question about slavery. Pardon me, let me re- restate that. She was asked the question about what was the cause of the Civil War uh, in the 19th century, and she gave a sort of a quip, not an answer. She knew what the answer was uh, because she had... She was the governor of South Carolina. The South Carolina Palmetto State was the first state that uh, withdrew or succeeded, rather, from the union. At any rate, um, there was a discussion with Andrew Mitchell on this whole matter, uh, dissecting what, how uh, Nikki Haley, who's seeking not the, the nomination of the Republican Party to be president, how uh, she made such a phony she is. Well, I could have told you she was a phony from... The, long before this question. But anyway, I'm going to let you listen to this interview. Now, I'll leave my mic open just in case I want to make some comments.
6: Most of the candidates aren't even in Iowa today. What do you expect in this final stretch? We've got two weeks to go.
1: Andrea, yeah, with just 13 days to go until the caucus, it's surprising that not all of the candidates are here today. Just Vivek Ramaswamy holding six events across Northeast Iowa. He'll actually be completing what he's calling a double Grassley uh, this evening, replicating Senator Grassley's 99-county tour. He will have done that twice by the end of today, really showing how much he's going in on his ground game here in Iowa. As for the other candidates, they've been spending big on the airwaves, about $105 million spent in 2023 on Republican candidate ads We'll see Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis and former President Trump back in Iowa uh, throughout the week. Ron DeSantis coming back tomorrow, Nikki Haley and former President Trump joining him on Friday. Uh, But again, not a lot of ground game presence here in the state today, given the tight timeline. And that could be something that stands out to Iowa voters. As we know, caucus goers are very involved, very into the retail politicking. Uh, Our campaign embed reporters over the weekend spoke to some voters about how important it is to them to see candidates. In person take a listen people refer to us as a flyover
8: state which being an iowan i don't agree with that but um there's a lot of difference between city thinking and rural thinking we want to see the people we want to see the candidates just to reassure ourselves and we take this seriously so that's why they have to be here
1: it's safe to expect over the ne- by the end of this week and next week, it'll be a lot busier here in Iowa. Until then, the next time that Iowa voters can really do a stark compare, compare and contrast will be on the debate stage on January 10th next week, both Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis saying that they will participate as they have qualified for that. But Vivek Ramaswamy out this morning with a statement bashing CNN, saying that he's going to do his own live stream uh, event instead. President Trump also putting out some counter-programming uh, with Fox News uh, on Debate night as well. Vivek Ramaswamy, though, did not qualify. It's important to note for the debate yet, and so it seems like he's trying to get out ahead uh, of that opportunity to appear before voters just days before the Iowa caucus. Andrea,
6: thank you, Maura Barrett and Tim. Let's talk about uh, the Wall Street Journal, who sums, sums up that sums up the state of the DeSantis campaign, saying that he's betting on Iowa to keep him afloat. Do you agree with that? Does he have to narrow that gap at least be a strong second in Iowa?
13: He absolutely has to narrow that gap. Uh, you know, there is not really any example, you know, on the Republican side, at least of in history, of somebody failing in the first two states and then and then coming back to have a huge win it has happened on the Democratic side. And and DeSantis has this absolutely massive gap. I, I think just for a little historical perspective, it, the biggest Republican Iowa caucus win ever was was Bob Dole in eighty eight won by twelve points. But W won by ten points in ninety nine. That was considered a landslide. Uh, DeSantis in that poll you just showed is losing by 36 points to Donald Trump. Uh, and So that's three times more than the biggest landslide in Iowa caucus history. So, uh, you know, he could outperform his polls. He could close the gap. Uh, but if what you're looking at right now based on these numbers, if they are even close to what what the actual numbers end up being on Iowa caucus night, you know, Donald Trump is going to have a historic uh, landslide victory, and and I don't know what the rationale would be for Ron DeSantis going forward. Looking at a bunch of other states that are that are frankly less attuned to, you know, what what you would assume you know would be his base of support than Iowa is.
6: And Steve Scalise has just endorsed Donald Trump. No big surprise there. But let's talk about Nikki Haley, who had momentum going, and then she uh, really stubbed her toe on this question in New Hampshire. About what was the cause of the Civil War, and she never mentioned slavery, and then tried to fix that, saying, "Well, of course it's slavery. That's you know, an easy question." Having said earlier that that was a hard question as to what the cause is, uh, she's a Southerner who got a lot of credit for taking down you know the, the flag um, at the state ca- capitol after the tragic uh, racist killing in Mother Emanuel Church, but. Is this a big issue for her in New Hampshire with independent voters who can cross over?
13: Conceivably, well, I think you never want to gaffe on the slowest news week of the year. Um, so I think that was bad for her. And the answer was disastrous. And uh, it was a bad answer. That she gave 13 years ago. So she had, it's been taken over a decade. She has not cleaned that up. Uh, very, what is an actual and easy question. And I think if you look at New Hampshire, you know Where where she is hoping to appeal is to these independent and Democratic crossover voters, is to the softer Republicans. That's why New Hampshire in theory should be a better state for the non-Trump candidates because more people can vote. And historically we've seen more moderate candidates like John McCain, uh, et cetera, win in New Hampshire. And so with Chris Christie still in this race, you could see a lot of those oh, voters. I, I, I think that, that what
2: we're looking at is um, good information about what's happening in Iowa. Uh, The fact that Bob Dole won it by 12 points, uh, the largest margin ever. Right now, tribulation is running 36 points ahead of anybody. uh, Ron DeSantis three times as much as Bob Dole. That's interesting information. I think we ought to put that in focus. And as much as that as well is that, you know, as far as anyone can see right now, even if Trump gets a conviction uh, with Judge Chuck down in Washington, D.C., uh, he's still going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. I think what's probably worse um, if he uh, gets convicted and has to go to jail before the election. But if he, asks, if he gets convicted and still can run, he'll win the presidency. I believe he can beat Joe Biden. I think that he will. Uh, but what I want to say about Nikki Haley is that she was asked a question about what was the cause of the Civil War, and she gave some off-the-cuff answer that really was as phony as a uh, $3 bill. Because she didn't want to say slavery. Uh, because many of the, the MAGA people, you know, f- have a sense of, uh, they're just tired of hearing people say they're guilty about slavery. Uh, the Trump voter, uh, it was about slavery. The Civil War was about slavery. It was a tragic war. Thousands of, tens of thousands of people died in that war. Uh, it was one of the greatest divides in American history. Uh, the other thing is that uh, the, Nikki Haley may have thought for a second this questionnaire is going to lead her from slavery uh, as an ins, uh, as an insurrection against the American government, that the South rose up against the American government, succeeded, and then de- declared war on Fort Sumter there in South Carolina. So she may have been anticipating that that's where they were going to go with the question and then further say, well, was not the insurrection of January 6th, and I call it the assault on the temple of democracy, was not the same as uh, the beginning of slavery, uh, beginning of the Civil War here in America. So she tried to obfuscate it. So there are a couple of things that were going on here, in case you've seen that picture, that, 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 that video of her uh, blundering and having one of the biggest gaps of her career, uh, was that one was is that, MAGA people realize that, yeah, the Civil War was very much involved in uh in not just the state's rights, but in the state's rights to have slaves. And they're tired of being beat up about that. I think they're, you know, they've had the civil rights marches, they've got Black Lives Matter, they've had all kind of black stuff, all kind of great society. And I and I think, you know, they're just tired of being blamed for it. That they, they, they say it's just time move on. It's what and so she doesn't want to offend the MAGA were MAGA people about the civil, about slavery. But the other thing I said was equally as important. It was the fact that uh, she didn't know whether it would lead to Trump leading an insurrection, the same thing as the second civil war in America. And we very well may have a second civil war in America. Uh, you know, uh, and I don't want to stretch this, or nor do I want to Lay prophetic uh, power to something that does not exist. But Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars. Right now, we are in the midst of uh, the drumbeats of a second civil war in America. Uh, The MAGA people, you say, well, why do people support Trump? He's a liar, he's a coochie grabber, Uh, he's not a Southerner, he's not really a conservative you know, why do they support him? They support him because he speaks what they want to hear. He protects them from Black Lives Matter, from LGBTQ, from the abortion queens, and from a whole lot of other stuff that in my estimation is un-American, and perhaps uh, the fact that a lot of the, the Democrats and liberals got their own ideas about how they think the world should go. And the MAGA people said, you're trying to take our world, our country away from us. And so if Trump will be the only one and will stand up for us, even though he might be all these things, we don't care about that. All we care about is them protecting us from you. And until Joe Biden, the liberals and the Democrats realize that they're not going to be able to beat Trump Uh, because there are a lot of people. There are more black people right now Uh, I think Trump is up to about 25 percent of the whole black nation in America who are ready to vote for him because you got a whole lot of black people who are sick and tired of Black Lives Matter, always running around blaming white folk for everything. They've never done anything. They're always mooching off the government. Black people are. They got the worst neighborhoods. They got the worst schools. They got the worst family structure. And all they do is blame white folk for everybody. Then you got the LGBTQ want to come in the church, want to take over the church, want to have marriages at the altar, man with man and woman with woman. And there are 25% of the black people that say, we had enough of this this Democrat, liberal, John Kennedy, if you will, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. We've had enough of this filth. And so we're going to vote for Trump, too. So for that reason alone, 25 percent is a 50 percent swing. Well, actually, it's like a 25 percent, 25 percent of black folk willing to vote for Trump is a 30 percent swing from the 2020 election, meaning that Trump will win the election uh, with the black vote hands down if 25 and by the way the 25% of these people are sick and tired of the lgbtq pushing and denying them their rights like they what they're doing to me the, denying them the right to believe the bible to preach the bible they're sick and tired of going on the job you got to walk around on eggshells around the lgbtq around all the fairies and the sissies you got to watch what you say you can't do this you can't do that they'll jump all over you they got the boss they got the paycheck they got everybody and then you get you fired from your job just because you say what the Bible says. Black people are sick and tired of that. They, they, they just had had enough of that filth, and they're ready to vote for Trump. And it's at twenty five percent now, and the general election hasn't taken place yet. Well, the general election takes place. That could be a thirty percent swing. Trump will win um, uh, the election in a landslide. Trump will win the election in a landslide. Um, uh unless the, because of the black vote, let me put it that way because of the black vote and i you know i'm not going to vote for trump i wouldn't vote for him i'm not voting for any of these uh these these clowns if you will, but right now and 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 the the liberals and the democrats the lgbt and the black people are sick of black lives matter they're sick black people are sick of it. Black people ain't got nothing. They ain't got no town. They got all these politicians. All of them are freaks. They got all these mayors. And everywhere a black mayor is, you can just about realize that death and destruction follows. The city goes to hell in a handbasket the moment they put a black mayor in place. People are sick of it. They're sick of it. They're sick of all this blackness. They're sick of Black Lives Matter. People, Black folk ain't never built nothing. They know how to burn down buildings. Listen, all, all the buildings in New York City The only ones built by black people are churches, and there are just a few of them, maybe 10 of them in the whole city of New York, at least Manhattan Island. All these buildings, black people ain't built one of them, but they burn them down. They can burn down buildings, but they never build anything. Black people themselves, and thank God for Pastor Manning's teaching, that's me. Thank God people listen to me, thank God. And they look and realize I'm speaking the truth. People are sick and tired. Tired of this black lives mess. They're sick and tired of black, we black this. I first black this. I first black that. Then the insult to have that Barack Hussein, the long-legged mac daddy Obama, as probably one of the worst presidents in the history of the world, mainly because he did nothing for black people. And he wasn't even black. He was a half-breed. His mama was white. His grandmama and grandpa too. And so the black people are saying, we're going to vote for Trump. So, and Trump knows it. Trump look, Trump can win, and I'm not saying that he will, That things can change. He can go to jail, but there's a whole lot of slip between the cup and the lip. But right now, Trump has 25% of the black vote. There ain't no way a Democrat can win anything if you don't have black people voting for him. There ain't no way a Democrat can win dog catcher if they don't have at least 90% of the black vote. And right now, no Democrat nowhere has got... 90% of the black vote when it comes to the presidential election, presidential election. So I thought it would be important to say those things, that Trump can win in a landslide with the 25% black vote that he's got behind him right now. So we'll watch this going forward. And I want to take my hat off. I don't have my hat on. If I had one on, I take it off. And I believe that I have contributed to a large number of black people having their eyes open And finally realized that Obama was one of the biggest fraud, one of the biggest con jobs that the Democrats, the liberal media, the the New York Times, the Washington Post and CNN ran a ran a con game on black folk. Put this CIA operative up as the first black president. His mama was white and put him up as the first black president. The media ran a con game. And was able to put them over, and black people have said they've had enough. So not Some of them, whole of them are just crazy or not than they were before. You talk to black people, you wonder if you're living on a different planet, blaming white folk for everything, yet they've never done anything, blaming white folk for the problems in Africa. Listen, they had Africa over there for several thousand years. No white, no white man ever stepped foot on the planet, on the continent, and they still didn't do nothing. So, you know, and by the way, you know, it is not that I hate my brother. I don't. I Listen, I live in Harlem. I feed children. I educate the so-called, now they're Hamites. I don't believe there's anybody on the planet that loves my brother as much as I do. I love him. That's why I'm trying to tell him the truth. That's why I'm trying to help him. You know, he ain't got help by Rap Brown. He ain't got help by, you know, Stokely Carmichael, and Malcolm X, all this bullet of the ballot, uh, by any name means necessary. And Martin King said he's going to sleep to have a dream. He went to sleep to have a dream. And he and he's worse than he's ever been. I love my black brother. I do. But he's crazy as hell. I'm telling you. Talk to him. And, and, and now he's running around here now, you know, talking about I'm going to marry a man. You know, and his, and his daughter talking about she's going to marry another woman. And there those of us out here, we've just had enough of it. End of it and end it now. If Trump can end it, let Trump end it. But you know, it's Biden boy. Anyway, I'm James Ebbett Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord Servant.
11: You're listening to the Manning Report with doctor James David.
3: And to you and your family. Welcome to the Atla Children's Breakfast Program. We welcome parents and their children to partake in our breakfast program from 7:30 to 8:30 a.m. Monday through Friday downstairs in our fellowship hall. At 8:30, we end our breakfast program to run our elementary, middle, and high school. If you wish to inquire about our school, please speak to one of our staff. Have
4: a blessed day and thank you. Hola, mi nombre es José Luis Matos. Soy uno de los asistentes ministros de la iglesia Alla World Missionary Church. Mi pastor James David Manning me ha pedido que le diera oficialmente la bienvenida a nuestro ministerio. Bienvenidos a ustedes y a toda su familia a disfrutar de nuestra comida y hospitality. También queremos invitarlos a nuestro servicio que se da todos los sábados a las 10 de la mañana. Si hay algo que podemos ayudarle, por favor, déjenos saber. También tenemos una escuela desde el kindergarten hasta el 12 grado. Si desea inscribir a sus hijos, por favor, contacte a la madre Elizabeth Saramani al teléfono ocho siete 734 siete el teléfono es 877 siete 734 gracias peace
2: So this uh, this uh, MSNBC broadcaster uh, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, has a program called The Last Word. Actually, I mean I don't like Lawrence O'Donnell as a person, but I appreciate what he broadcast. First of all, he doesn't promote this LGBTQ stuff. You very seldom see him promoting that nonsense. Uh, so he, you know he's raised in Boston, and he's Catholic. Um, but you know he don't go down that road. But it, actually, the woman it used to come on right before him every day. But he used to he used to give her a lot of play. So that then I have to take away the fact he Rachel Maydow, who's a dyed-in-the-wool, uh, you know, lesbian, uh, and maybe some other things too. I don't know. Anyway, but he he brings on some pretty interesting guests. Let me take back the fact that I said that he doesn't promote homosexuality. But he had a large had a large tribe, a Professor at Harvard University, Harvard, which is probably one of the <laughs> Harvard has done more to, to destroy black people than, <laughs> than I think the Ku Klux Klan. I'll get to that. I'll say, Pastor Manning, when you're going to do a, 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 a news event on the fact that Harvard and Yale have done more, Harvard, Yale, and Columbia, Princeton have done more to destroy black people than the Ku Klux Klan. Well, I'll get to it. Just ask me. All right, go, go ahead and send you the Lawrence Tribe and, and, and uh, Lawrence O'Tonnell, two Lawrences.
9: Joining us now is Professor Lawrence Tribe, who has taught constitutional law at Harvard Law School for five decades. His new Boston Globe op-ed is titled In Defense of Maine Secretary of State, Shanna Bello's Courageous Decision to Keep Trump Off the Ballot. Professor Tribe, I read your Globe op-ed piece. I, I want to go to the new information we have tonight uh, in, in Donald Trump's legal like do filing in, in Maine. Uh, point one is he did not engage in insurrection, Uh, those words are, in quotation marks, engage and insurrection, leaning heavily on whatever the legal definition of engage and insurrection turns out to be in this case.
14: That's exactly what we would expect him to say, but there's nothing new about that. Shauna Bellows held a hearing in which she considered all of the legal materials relevant and All of the factual evidence, including the evidence developed at the January 6th uh, congressional hearings in which Donald Trump was invited to appear, he was given ample opportunity to present his side of the narrative um, in this administrative hearing. He didn't succeed. Um, His claim that he was denied fair process is based on nothing in the law. He's absolutely confusing an administrative hearing of the kind that Shana Bellows properly held under the law of the state of Maine with a criminal trial or with a civil trial in which damages might be assessed or the property or liberty of the of defendant might be at stake. Here, what is at stake is whether Donald Trump disqualified himself, unlike many other possible disqualifications like age or birth in the United States, where there's nothing an individual can do to remove the disqualification. It's just there because of a fact that's beyond that person's control. Here it's entirely within the control of an officer of the United States who takes an oath to support the Constitution not to engage in insurrection against it. If he chooses to engage in insurrection, there's nothing undemocratic or unfair about saying he's disqualified himself. The 34-page opinion by Secretary Bellows is very precise. She invokes the right statutes under the law of Maine, and there's nothing in what the president's new lawyer just filed that in any way gives the courts of Maine a basis to overturn what she did. But she was right in suspending the effect of her decision pending an appeal to the Superior Court of Maine recognizing that she doesn't have unilateral authority to make this decision.
9: Donald Trump's uh, new Maine lawyer is uh, leaning on the statutes uh, in Maine, saying that those statutes only give the Secretary of State authority to do things like uh, make sure he has enough signatures to be on the ballot, requires thousands of signatures, make sure his address is correct, uh, kind of clerical things like that in his application to be on the ballot. And then uh, the Trump lawyer says the Secretary had no statutory authority to consider the challenges raised under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment.
14: We're basically trying to treat the disqualification clause of Section 3, which is really central to the preservation of democracy from those who would overturn it as a kind of second class status, not nearly as basic as residency or, or birth. It isn't. It's equally important. It's perhaps the most important qualification. And there's nothing in the law, either state or federal, that draws a distinction between bases of disqualification that are rather simple to apply, like age, and those that are more complicated to apply, like whether you're an insurrectionist. There's no principled basis for treating them differently unless we say that Hard questions are not to be put by the Constitution of the United States uh, to public officials. When it all comes down to, all of these arguments, both here and in Colorado, are not really arguments about Section 3 of the 14th Amendment and why conservatives and liberals alike have concluded that it applies here. They're basically arguments against the Constitution. There are arguments that say the Constitution of the United States made a big mistake in telling officials of the United States, especially a president, that if they take an oath to support the Constitution and then turn against it and engage in treachery against the Constitution, insurrection against it, then they can't run again. That that provision just shouldn't have been there because it's not a good idea. If somebody is popular enough to potentially win, then they really ought to be able to run even if they're disqualified. But there's no basis for that. It's like saying it's like somebody saying, I don't like the Second Amendment. Second amendment means a lot of people right. die. I, I,
2: shouldn't. I, I, I'm running out of time here, so I gotta cut this short. I have another segment I want to run as, as well. We, we get an opportunity to get back tomorrow on this matter of the Fourteenth Amendment to the Constitution. Probably one of the more consequential, uh, if you will, amendments to the Constitution, the Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution. Uh, of course that's the one that says you must be natural born uh in order to uh or oh, that 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 gave 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 citizenship to uh, to the former slaves it was it, it, the 14th Amendment was derived was put together because there had been slaves, 13th Amendment set the slave free, the 14th Amendment gave them uh, American citizenship the 15th Amendment gave slaves men, male slaves the right to vote, we'll talk about that very interesting constitutional law, if you like law, which I do uh, and we'll get back to that um, at, at some point in time uh, but really our time is up for today I want to remind you that we are in Uh, The first fruit season and we are our our budget for the year depends upon you honoring the first fruit. That is your first full paycheck for the year. Uh, Not your full. If you get paid on a monthly basis, then only a quarter of that is due as first fruit. You get paid biweekly. Only one week of that biweekly check is due. But it's due. It's based on the gross, not the net. If you earn $700 per week and the government takes out 125 and you end up with 575 uh you still are due to give the 700 because what you do with the government, that's your business. Um, so the gross is is due. And I, our budget is largely dependent upon uh, our success of your participating in the first fruit offering uh, the first of the year. So we're at the first of the year. We pray that uh, you will uh, will go ahead and, and give uh, to this process, and your barns shall burst open with plenty. Honor the Lord with thy, with thy substance and the first fruit of thy offerings, and your barns will burst open uh, with, uh, with with abundance. All right, praise Almighty God. I'm going to let our young men take us up to the top of the hour, you know, let me, and then Minister Honecker will take it from there. God bless you, and peace out.